Welcome to the latest edition of Who's Better Baseball, a podcast where we answer a simple question on each show. Who's better at baseball? I'm your host, Ryan Ficklestein, managing editor at JustBaseball.com. Got Peter Apple here, co-founder of Just Baseball, the host of the Just Baseball show, and the host of Not Gambling Advice, which ties into today's topic, which division is better, the NL East or the NL West, and not just you know which one's more competitive, which one will win more games this year. Peter, we're looking at over and unders. What do you think of the article I put together for us at JustBaseball.com? Pretty optimistic. Um, and I think it's in everyone's first kind of feeling. You want to bet the over. You I, you even wrote in your article a glass half full approach. And that's how a lot of people look. But Vegas isn't so shiny because everybody hits all of their overs. So what I like to do, and I've already bet on two overs, one of them actually in one of the divisions that we're talking about. But Everything has to go right for a lot of teams for them to hit their over. And as baseball fans, we know more often than not, everything doesn't. So I think it's almost more interesting to look at the glass half empty approach because that's normally what ends up actually happening when we look back on a season. Now, I want to set up kind of the end goal of the podcast, and then we'll get into the nitty gritty of it. Uh, I said I wanted to make a bet with you on this show, and I actually have a bet that's really no sweat to you at all. Last year, you and I were sitting next to each other watching a combined no-hitter. And I, with a couple beers in me, said, I think the Marlins are going to win more games than the Phillies this year. That was a horrible bet. You said, like, no no lines to that, like, no spread on that. You just, just Marlins, I'll take that. I'll just take yeah. your money, Fink. And I was stupid. And uh, I've never paid you on that bet. So what I'm willing to throw on the table here is double or nothing on the bet I haven't paid you. It was $50. Uh, I'm taking the NL East. I think you're taking the NL West and let's see how we get there. How's that sound to you? That sounds perfect. And it's funny. I have made a small living on taking advantage of fandom of some of our writers. I think I'm four and one in, or maybe four Oh and one. Cause there was one push in there, um, of taking advantage of fandom, whether that be arms Marlins fandom, whether that be your Mets fandom, whether that be Colby's Red Sox fandom. And I've made a killing because I know as a gambler, you shouldn't bet on your favorite team. And here we go. You're choosing the division with the Mets flag behind you. I'm sure it'll go well for you. I, I know it's it's a bad call on my part. And, and also, I mean, I bet with my hatred of the Phillies. I'm, I'm watching <laughs> them get combined no hit by Tyler McGill. And I'm like, this team sucks. And look at that pitching in Miami. I could not have been more, more wrong, but I will say, I did say all last year the Phillies were the best puncher's chance team in baseball. I was right about that one. And I think when we look at these two divisions, when it comes to the conversation of which one is more likely to be represented in the World Series, I just kind of lean towards the NL East because we have three teams that can get there. The Phillies, the Mets, and the Braves. Whereas I cannot make any argument for the Giants, the Diamondbacks, or the Rockies in the West. It's it's just three versus two in my opinion here. Yeah, I think this is an interesting question because the question at hand is which division will win more games, not which team will represent the National League in the World Series, because I totally agree with you on that front. And another thing, the Phillies, we're going to talk about them a lot, but just to summarize quickly before we get into it, they're a better playoff team than they are a regular season team. And you could even make the argument there for the Braves and the Mets, while the Dodgers are the ultimate regular season team the Padres are really built for the playoffs but the Giants Diamondbacks and Rockies it's not 
they're not going to win the World Series. They're not going to make the playoffs, and they're not even built for it anyway. So it's really a question of who are the best regular season teams. It doesn't really have anything to do with the playoff picture. And then when we look at the strength of each division, and the reason why I started this article with the Washington Nationals is because we have to factor in those bottom dwellers. And for the NL East, I called the Nationals an anchor on this this exercise because how many games are the Nationals going to win? Look at have you checked out their 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 roster? Yeah, I was looking to. It is as bad as it gets. I mean, you get to watch what CJ Abrams and Jeter Downs, but like, unless you're a big prospect guy, what are you tuning into? And Jeter Downs was a guy who the Red Sox dropped. So it's not like he's that top prospect anymore. And CJ Abrams, some people are even cooling their jets on him because the power hasn't really arrived. Like a lot of evaluators thought it would. And then you have a guy like Josiah Gray and Kyber Ruiz, who they got in the Max Scherzer deal. Gray had the fourth worst fastball in all of baseball and Ruiz, the power hasn't come for him either. So even those top prospects who are expected to make that leap to make this team enjoyable, none of them look to be doing that or at least not yet. Things could change. C.J. Abrams could find it. Ruiz could find it. Gray could, you know, throw the fastball much less and they could look better. But as we stand today, that hasn't happened. So it's it's going to be rough goings for the Nationals. And that over win total, like they could end up losing more games than the A's. Because the A's right now, you can make the argument they have better pitching than they do. And sometimes pitching can bail you out of some wins in the middle of August when you have some guy who we've never heard of for the Nationals, but at least with the A's, they have a prospect that they called up or something, which the Nationals, their farm system, it's a ways away. And we'll see what happens with Mackenzie Gore, but he hasn't shown anything yet. It's it's a lot of what-ifs with the Nationals. And when there's what-ifs for a team that, you know, their best player might be Joey Manessis, like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, that's true. I even I I said Corey Dickerson's like their most established hitter in this, and Trevor Williams might be their ace. I they, They're so that's... bad. I yeah. think Dom Smith could have the best season on that team just because he's playing with absolutely zero pressure. I mean, imagine yeah. going from playing in New York to like, okay, you just get to start at first base, Dom, and no one really cares what you do. Like, he he might be decent, but their over-under is at 60. I'm saying way under, and the question is just how much below that are they going to drag this division down? They won 55 games last year. Could they lose over 110? I, I don't think it'd be crazy. You want to know a funny stat? So they had, I don't know the exact winning percentage, but I do know this stat, that with Juan Soto and Josh Bell, they had the same winning percentage after they left. Weird, right? Because you wouldn't expect that. So it's it's almost like, you know, the clubhouse came together and say, well, we have nothing to lose. Let's go out and have some fun. I think they're going to play like that in 2023. So while the roster is as grim as any, they might play with an energy that ends up winning them a few games in the later innings, but it's hard to find out how rather than just relying on that energy, relying on that stat. So this is what could hurt the NL East in terms of a win because we know the other teams are going to win games, but this team could be the worst team in baseball by a record perspective. Yeah, and then I think when you move from them onto the Marlins, to me the two kind of biggest X factors in this division for win total – It's the Marlins and it's the Phillies because I think we know what we're going to get with the Mets and the Braves. Really, for this conversation, I feel like Mets, Braves, Dodgers, Padres almost just kind of cancels each other out. Like, you're probably looking at four teams that are going to be around 100 wins. How much above or below, we won't really know. But I feel like they're all kind of there. 
you go to the Marlins and they tried. They tried. They get the participation trophy of the offseason. They're trying. You know, they, they could have just you know, done nothing. They they got a rise. They 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 signed Segura. They're a little better, I guess. The pitching is always going to be good. The over-unders at 74 and a half. Where would you lean on that alone? Under. And I think there is a lot of optimism here for the Marlins because people see a really good pitching staff. They see an improved offense and they say, well, they can't be worse than last year. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I truly don't. You look at the lineup and Jazz is as talented as anyone, right? He even said it himself. He says, when healthy, I'm the best player in Major League Baseball. And he's a freak talent from the speed on the base pass to the raw power but he's learning a completely new position and he's coming off last season where he was injured. He even said it himself. He was dealing with injuries all year. Now he says he's healthy, but it takes a lot. You got to kind of retrain your body a little bit to play center field, a position that he's never played before. And then you look at a guy like Luis Arise. like Luis Arise is a 300 hitter, but he doesn't add a ton of value outside of that. I would say he's an average, maybe below average second baseman up the middle And yeah, he's going to have a high batting average, but he's not going to hit you for much power. He's not going to be a demon on the base pass either. And then you look at the rest of the team, like Segura was a good ad, but I thought it was interesting that no one would give him more than $17 over two years. You know, Garrett Cooper's a guy who's always banged up. Avisel Garcia, what are we going to see from him? Soler, banged up. What are we going to see? Wendell, he's their shortstop. De La Cruz, Stallings, like that's a bad lineup. And then we're just assuming that we get another unanimous Cy Young award from Sandy. He could be a three ERA guy. I think he's the best pitcher in baseball for my money, just because 230 innings, we don't see that anymore. And a guy like Jacob DeGrom pitch for pitch is the best, but it's almost a guarantee, but like a three ERA over 230 innings, that's still amazing, but it's not what it was last year. Could he take a slight step back and be not the unanimous Cy Young, but could he win a Cy Young and be slightly worse? Is Cueto going to be better than he was last year? Lazardo, Cabrera, Rogers. It's just, there's so many question marks and they don't really have anyone in the bullpen. And a lot of fans love the puck trade like I do because they traded away Blade. But we'll see, right? Puck is automatically their best reliever and he was a good reliever last year. 74 and a half is too high. I'm looking at the under on this team. The, you know, here I am going to let the Marlins, you know, take money away from me two years in a row where I believing in this team. I don't know why. I, I mean, is it because I'm a South Florida native? Possibly. Maybe I just see more than, than really meets the eye with this team. I, I just think that like Avi can't be as bad as he was. I think Solaire is going to be a little more available. So that with the other veterans they added, they just need a little bit. And I'm just more looking at the pitching. Like, can you, Get as close to league average as possible. Like, even if you're not there, just as close as you can. Because to me, even as Sandy takes a step back, a full year of Jesus Lazardo, what's Edward Cabrera going to be? Sixto lost a bunch of weight. What's he going to look like? There could be, you know, a lot with the all the pitching depth that they've built up where maybe this team has a little bit of that, you know, 2014 Mets rotation vibes, not 2015, but 2014 the New York Mets had a young Jacob DeGrom and Zach Wheeler, and they found their way, I think, to 79 wins. Like, I-, I could see the Marlins getting the over here. And for my bet on the East to work out, I need that. But 
I'm leaning more on the top three. I can't say that the Marlins are what's going to drive me there. I just need them to not win 69 games. They got to get to 75 for me is what I need. See, like, I think they might be around there. And so when we look at over under win totals, a lot of people love overs for kind of that reason that you spoke about, right? You expect the guys who had great years to do that again. And then the guys who had bad years, how could they be any worse? When in reality, we could see the guys who had bad years. That's what they become. And then the guys who had good years take a slight step back. And we're not even talking about the fact that with the Marlins, what if they get off to a bad start? They're going to sell. Like there's guys on this roster right now might not be on the team in September. Guys like Garrett Cooper. What do they do with Solaire? I know he still has this contract, but maybe a contender needs a power bat and they're just like, here's some prospects. Maybe then he's gone. Avisel Garcia, it's if he's bad, it's an, basically an unmovable contract, but maybe the Marlins are desperate enough to say like, this didn't work, see you later. There's a lot of that that could happen too. So unless the Marlins, everything works and then they're playing 500 balls. So they decide, all right, we're not going to sell. That's how they could hit the over. But how likely is that? Right. Here's here's my I don't want to spend 20 minutes on the Marlins on this because why the hell should we? But my last little piece to kind of combat that is I think Kim Ang's, you know, selective aggression this offseason tells you about uh, a GM who is trying to fight for her job a little bit. She lost the I, I, do you think they won or lost the Pablo Luis Arise trade and then they got puck? Oh, I, I don't think that they've won these trades, but I think it's the same thing as the Phillies where. It's not necessarily about winning the transaction. It's about getting a couple wins better. And I think the Marlins might not sell because a lot of times they don't sell. Last year, they should have traded Pablo Lopez at the deadline, but they didn't. I think a lot of times the Marlins hold on to their pieces because they want to win 76 games instead of 72. And and, and they're just trying to push a little bit further. And so I, I think they'll try all year. And because they'll try because they have pitching, I think they could hit the over. But I'm not strongly on it i think i need to try to get behind a phillies team that i could probably make the argument uh that they aren't going to be a 95 win team if i'm really really looking at it but i'll try to be optimistic for the sake of my bet here trey turner coming into the full to me there's two things that i like that make this phillies team better it's trey turner and it's the opportunity to add andrew painter this year and it's also looking at that left side or not even the left side anymore the left side of the world series infield what do Bowman and Stott do this year? I think by having Trey Turner in place, those guys don't have as much pressure on them. And particularly with Stott, I think we could see a lot of growth because of that. Could we? So my job is to play the opposite. Of course. Of course. Better baseball. My job is to play the opposite. Could we see a second year wall for Bryson Stott? Good. Bohm, we'll see. No Bryce Harper for a while. For a while. And... You're expecting Painter to make this impact, but when will it be, right? I look at a Taiwan Walker deal and I say, is he a middling four ZRA guy? Probably. I think history might tell us that. You as a Mets fan, I know you wouldn't have signed him for four years, $72 million. So Ranger Suarez, I do like. Let's see Nolan Wheeler stay healthy the entire year. They have as much talent as any duo in Major League Baseball, but let's see them both put up 200 innings. If our bet was, do they both put up 200 innings? What's your answer? 
So here's the messed up part about this is that as the host of Locked On Mets and the host that did who's better <laughs> Mets, Mets Phillies and also Braves Phillies, I have been arguing against the Phillies <laughs> for the past two weeks. And now I got to talk out of my ass the other way to say they're going to win 95 games. I don't think that they do. I honestly... Uh, I look at that over under of 89 and I can see them right where they were last year where they're the, you know, sneaking in the wild card. And then again, as a wild card team, like I don't think that their odds to win the world series are that much worse than the Mets and the Braves that they get in the tournament because we just saw it. But yeah, to me, it's, it's gotta be Trey. Like Trey Turner's gotta be a, a top five MVP candidate this year for the Phillies to win over 90 games. And and you need real Muto to be as good as he was last year as well. So that's what they're looking at. The one thing I'll say too is, you know, year two of Lindor with the Mets, we saw a lot better player. I would hope for the Phillies sake that Nick Castellanos is a little bit better offensively, at least than he was last year. I Last out full approach. I love it, man. No, you're optimistic, and I love it. But trying let me tear be, you down a little be. bit because remember, Nick Cassiano said that he like has attention issue problems. Like he like isn't engaged in regular season games, and like the defense, I think, is key. Not as key in the playoffs. So you're listening to this as a Phillies fan, and you're like, Peter, why are you tearing us down? I think you can make another run at the World Series because yeah. you're built for the playoffs. I say this about the Padres. They have the three-headed monster up top with Nola Wheeler and Suarez. Then they have the offense that can bang, and they have enough bullpen arms to get you through. They can make another run. But as a regular season team, it's not really a recipe for consistent success in the regular season because the defense isn't there. It's top-heavy. I like the Brandon Marsh move in center. Real Muto should be great, but is he going to be better than he was last year? I would say he takes a minor step back. There's a couple of guys like Will Schwarber hit 45 plus home runs again. Maybe it's 40, but that's five or six home runs less. That's still a great year. Reese Hoskins, another year older, and he's only getting worse on defense too. Does Stott run into a wall? Does Trey Turner in his first season in a completely new place coming across the country hit the ground running? We saw what happened with Marcus Semien. We saw what happened with Nick Castellanos on the same team. Like sometimes it takes a little bit to get going. Matt Olson coming over from the Braves to the A's. Amazing player. Got off to a slow start. This stuff happens in Major League Baseball. That doesn't take away from Trey Turner. I think he's still awesome. I ranked him really high in my top 100, but Lindor is higher because I think Lindor is a better baseball player. So you look at a guy like Trey Turner, does he have a rough two months? We've seen it before. And I would say that history probably repeats itself and the Phillies finish as an 88-win team. I I do have to say on Turner, he's returning to the NL East. He spent his entire career here. I yeah, don't think Nationals. Still, the Nationals were New good. Place. The New Nationals place. were good. The Nationals they were good. He, the, the Nationals were bad for like his last maybe, you know, 2020 and like his first half of 2021. He played on good Nationals teams. Uh, I, I think he's going to be fine. And, and I do believe that Bryson Stott will not hit the. I think if he had to be the starting shortstop, a wall could have happened, but there's going to be comfort playing second. And he just went through the playoffs. I mean, that's that's a lot for him. So we'll see. I, I, I think, you know, you're saying they're going to win 88 games. Even if they win that, what I need is the Braves and the Mets to be dragging the teams from the West and the Central to make this happen. You know, you look at uh, the 20, what was it? The 20, trying to remember the exact, I think it was 2020, 2019, I think it was. The Dodgers won 111 games that year. Um, And, you know, that really kind of dragged the division that otherwise wasn't that good. 
Could we see a Mets or a Braves team be that dominant? Could we see with the Dodgers taking a step back, those teams kind of becoming one of them being the best team in this league? I think that's what needs to happen for my bet on the East to pay off. And I look at this Mets team. Here we go. Last year, 30, I keep saying this on my show, 34 starts from Scherzer and DeGrom. I think Verlander and Scherzer make at least 50 this year. And if everything breaks right, they're making 60 starts. If Or even, I think I had 54, right? Let's just say those two guys make 54 starts. If a third of your games are started by Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander, and you have Kodai Senga in the mix as well, with Edwin Diaz in a bullpen with Adam Adovino and Brooks Raley and David Robertson, I think the Mets are going to win a ton of regular season games. I agree. This is where it gets really tough to argue with you because I love the Mets this year and I love the Braves this year. So the other teams I can kind of pick apart, this one's tough because I think Beatty's going to hit too. And I think Quintana was a great addition. And I think Carrasco is going to pitch really well. I like the Mets bullpen like there. And I, you know how much I'm a Lindor guy. Like you even said, pump the brakes a little bit on Lindor in my original rankings, because that's how much I love him. Like I, you got Nimmo back. Marte you, is a dog. To, Pete to tease that a little 40. bit. Sorry. Did you have Did you have Lindor over Freddie Freeman? One spot ahead. Yeah, I think that was the spot. I was like, ooh, like Lindor over Freeman. Like, damn. All right. Here's my opinion about Lindor, and we're about to talk about my top 100 on the Just Baseball show. I think he is one of the most well-rounded players in Major League Baseball. I view him as the Mookie Betts of the infield. Yeah. There's nothing he does even at an average level. He's an above average base runner. He's the best fielder at the position. He has 30 home run power. He's a run producer. He has great bat to ball skills. 270 is the floor for the batting average. He gets on base. He is a clubhouse leader. He is everything. Like I, I've always thought like even in a down year last year in his first year with the Mets, I still like would argue he's the best shortstop in baseball and he did it last year. He's my number one shortstop. Like you could say Tatis, but like, I don't know if he's going to play shortstop just because he's a historic bat. Like, I think he's an historically good bat when he plays, but coming back from the PED, I just, I ranked Tatis higher just because he's a freak. He's a freak in nature on a talent level. He might be top three. So he's a little bit above Lindor, but I just almost don't count him. From a pure shortstop perspective, I think Lindor's number one. So it's hard for me to break down the Mets. What I can do is do a glass half empty approach. Verlander had the calf issue. Didn't look great in the playoffs. But then again, that was the playoffs. Like we're talking about the regular season. He's going to be awesome. And he won the Cy Young. Like one seven five ERA. We saw Scherzer slow down at the end there. But it's yeah. Max Scherzer. He's going to be really good again. Like Carrasco, I think he's going to be better. Could he be worse? I just would be arguing that just for the sake of argument. Like, I don't know how to tear down the Mets other than I don't think they win 111 games, but I think 100 wins is in their future. I really do. Yeah, I mean, you know, I I, I made that as an example of, you know, what you kind of need to break right 111. But even if you're getting 105 and or even if it was the same thing in the article, I said if you got, you know, the, the Giants-Dodgers race of 2021 where it's 106 and 107, that's 213 wins from those two teams. And you know, a quick note on Lindor, I just watched his introductory press conference before we, like it was like his first press of the, of the spring. Like you could not have a better leader. Like he was talking about, like, I love him seeing Brett Beatty for the first time. He's like, Oh, the kid looked good. But I, I asked him what he's working on this off season. Cause I wanted to hear what he had to say about it. Even though I noticed 
I wanted to hear what he got better. I was talking about staying low on the ball and all this stuff. And, and just talking about the adjustments he had to made, make in the way Carlos Beltran helped him, you know, understand what it's like to play in New York. And that's why he was so much better going into year two. I think year three, like this could be the year that Francisco Lindor actually contends for an MVP in a Mets uniform. Uh, I think that he's gotten underrated because people thought that he was overpaid. And I think last year he proved he, he's not overpaid by any stretch, especially when we see Turner and Bogarts and all these guys get paid this offseason. So it's so funny you brought that up because, you know, I'm preparing my MVP awards. I'm looking at, you know, betting lines and all that kind of stuff. Lindor has good value. And I'm yeah. actually looking at him like I'm because if the Mets win 100 games, let's say they finish first, it's going to be on the backs of him. Pete Alonso is going to hit. But at first base, it's hard for him to win MVP unless he hits like 55 home well, runs. His defense, like, too. Pete's going to be like a four win player. Lindor could be, be an like eight. A, he yeah. could be an eight war player next year. Like, I wouldn't be shocked. Like, this could be the year where he goes crazy, hits 280 with 30 home runs, 110 RBIs, and is the best defender at the position while stealing 15 to 20 backs. It's an MVP. Yeah. Like, you know, Trey's gone. We'll see how well he does. But I think Lindor turns in a better season. Acuna, love him could win the MVP, but we don't know off the torn ACL. Like he probably rakes and is up there, but like if we're looking at MVP candidates, it's Mookie Betts. It's Machado. Of course. I think Paul Goldschmidt takes a slight step back. I think Lindor might be the answer. It's, it's certainly possible. It really is. And I will say too, last note on him, uh, he had a pretty good season in 2017 coming off the world baseball classic. We saw an uptick in power, uh, he was talking about being excited about wearing Puerto Rico on his chest again and getting to play game sevens every day leading to the season. He says it's exhausting, but it's worth it for him. Uh, I think being a more mature athlete at this stage of his career, getting that experience again, really being the captain of that team with Correa and some other guys not playing, uh, I think you're going to see a, a really good Lindor this year. And that brings us, though, to the Atlanta Braves. I mean, this is a machine. I mean, they have won this division five years in a row. And even though I think on paper the Mets are better, and Jack and I discussed this last week on this show, and we both came to the conclusion that the Mets are a better team, neither of us could say it convincingly because it's the Atlanta Braves. And the Atlanta Braves win games. And a lot of times they win a lot of games in the regular season. And what they did last year from whatever it was, you know, June on or whatever that date was that Michael Harris came up and they turned it on, they play like the best team in baseball. And it's Basically the same team, but you're swapping Swanson for Sean Murphy. And you might nice. get some more of your pitchers back with Soroka. So that's another aspect of it. How do I argue against the Braves? Just don't even try. You know, just I, accept that you move on to the Dodgers and the Padres. <laughs> just accept that they're going to win 100. Here's the glass half empty. Approach. Really? You're going to try? I'm going to try. Even though I think they're going to win the World Series. Here's my, uh, here's my glass half empty approach. Uh, Strider doesn't take that next step. Strider doesn't throw hurt. over 150 innings. <laughs> no, not hurt, but just doesn't throw 150 innings. Morton falls off a cliff, which is possible. That, that is possible. That um, Kyle Wright doesn't turn in the same season he does last year. Okay. Possible. Max Fried is going to be really good. Uh, <laughs> the bullpen is so... I have no notes on the bullpen. It is so good. It is so good. It's the best bullpen in baseball, and I don't want to hear anything about it. It is the best... It's whatever. Let's continue. 
Acuna's going to rake. Harris is going to be amazing. Riley's going to be great. Olsen's going to be great in his second year. Sean Murphy's going to be a top five catcher. Ozzy Albies, I think everybody's low on because he doesn't walk, but he's an extra base hit machine and he's a great defender at second. Eddie Rosario. I'm trying to help you out. Look at yeah. Vaughn Grisham. That, that's where you make your argument. Yes, Vaughn Grissom is going to be terrible. <laughs> oh, he's going to be great. We know it. Dang it. He's going to be great because the Braves, he's working with Braun Washington in the offseason. If there's any team who can get the most out of the rookie, kind of like what I'm going to harp on the Giants, getting the most out of their veterans if there's a team that can get most out of a young player it's the braves he's going to be great this team's going to win 104 games like they're going to be a juggernaut i don't it's you arguing against the Padres of the dodgers it's you win this round they're okay. awesome as are the mets well now let's move to the Padres and the dodgers because that's where i started this article i went to the top of the west because i think the bottom is where the conversation gets more interesting the Dodgers, they win regular season games. I mean, do we have to spend time on them? They're going to win over 100. How many more over 100? It could be 106. It could be 111 again. It could be 103. But, I mean, that's probably what the safest bet in baseball is someone gives you odds on Dodgers to win 100 games. I mean, this year it's over under 96. Did you already bet that? No, but I'm looking at it again because it's weird. It's the first season in a while that the Dodgers are coming into a season underrated. And while they did get worse – they won 111 games last year during the regular season. Like Max Muncy was terrible last year. I think he's going to be good again. He was coming off a torn, um, torn uh, elbow. Like he, I think he did. He have Tommy John or something. I like the signing of David Peralta. I like Miguel Vargas at third. I think Gavin Lux really found it with the bat last year. And I like the addition of JD Martinez. And that's not even mentioning Muncy, Will Smith, Freddie Freeman, and Mookie Betts. They have maybe the best bench in baseball with Barnes, Rojas, and Taylor. And then if Jason Hayward, he probably won't be on the team anymore, but it won't matter. And the rotation, everyone's saying that it's not very good. And I look at a rotation with Kershaw, Arias, and Dustin May. If Dustin May stays healthy, like he has to grow. I'm upset and I'm not being Dude, hy- hyperbolic. He Noah is, yeah, Noah go Syndergaard's good this year. I, I bet Noah Syndergaard's going to be good as the Dodgers. Great. One, one thing I'll also note earlier, I was getting confused about when they won 111 games. That was last year. And that was what I was actually supposed to point towards that last year. No other team in this division won 90 games and the Dodgers won more games than, or sorry, well, the Dodgers, but the NL West won more than the NL East because the Dodgers. 111 and yeah i mean like you said what do they win 105 they could win more than the braves and the mets but still the braves and the mets have a better postseason run than they do i think we have to move it over to the padres because the question is you know will the padres and the dodgers combine to win more than the mets and the braves and i I just can't really answer that question i think it's a wash but i mean all i wrote in the article was juan soda manny machado Xander bogarts and fernando tatis jr like that what, what else do i have to say i mean they're that that ha- is that are the Padres different question are the Padres the the team that everyone's going to want to watch the most this year because of that star talent yeah I mean they have to be and I do think that the addition of Michael Walker does help them because my yeah. one worry with the Padres is that they were relying on Nick Martinez and Seth Lugo to make the fourth and fifth starts and not that they couldn't transition to the rotation it's just a big gamble because both of those guys have proven relievers and great relievers in their own right but Nick Martinez there was a reason he went to the KBO is because he couldn't handle a starting job. And as a starter last year, he had an ERA well above four and the bullpen ERA well below three. So like he is a proven reliever. Don't want to take anything away from him. But as a starter, we don't know. And then Lugo, like, you know him as a Mets fan. I can speak on that. Like Lugo, go ahead. He was in 2016, uh, his, his rookie year, 
started in the bullpen, had success, was great as a starter. He has never been good as a starter since then. Now, I will say he never really got a fair shake of it. 2017 was his best kind of chance at it, where he was rotation depth and got some opportunities. Beyond that, he got transitioned to the bullpen. They gave him a shot at the end of 2020. It was pretty unfair to him in the COVID season, just throw him out there. Um, but I think with the full offseason, there is a chance that Seth Lua can hack it as a big league starter. But I don't think his ERA is going to be as low as it was coming out of the bullpen. I think best case for him is to be like a high threes starter, which is great for him and will pay him handsomely as a free agent next year. But it, it's, you know, he's not going to be some shutdown number four that they're going to find out of nowhere. I just don't see that. And it's so funny, too, because the Waka addition not only makes the starting rotation safer, but it makes the bullpen better because either Lugo or Martinez goes back there, makes the bullpen better. And the Drew Pomerantz hasn't pitched in a while, so I think people forgot about him. But don't forget about the fact that he had like a 1-5 ERA before he went down with that injury. They have a great bullpen. They have an amazing roster, at least in the lineup. And then their bench gets better, especially when Tatis gets back, too. This team could be very similar to the Mets and the Braves, so... If you put a gun to my head, the safer answer of who wins more games is the Mets and and the Braves. But the upside pick is the Padres and the Dodgers. So I think it's fair calling this a wash where both teams combine to win 208 to 212 games. They're all 100-win teams. I could easily see that. I think that there's four teams... And then actually, they're just going to dominate this year. It's the two atop of each of these divisions. And I think, Agreed. Um, you know, the, I, I even made a prediction in this article that the Padres are going to beat the Dodgers in this division win 105. So I can't Because Cronenworth, here. even Cronenworth had a bad year last year. And I think he's going to bounce back and be better. Again, that's a glass, glass half full approach, but it's not in the sense that. He has no pressure. He's, he's been, been like this and he's a rookie or he's like third or fourth year and he's never had a great year. He's been great and then had a down year last year, kind of similar to Max Muncy. So I think Cronenworth is going to bounce back too. And that's going to be another cog in the lineup where you say, oh, we forgot about Cronenworth and he's a four win player. I could easily see that. You have to also remember Cronenworth. There was times last year where it was like Machado and Cronenworth and he was probably asked to do more than he's ever done and maybe press a little bit. So uh, yeah, the Dodgers and the Padres are awesome. Let's move to the Giants because this is where it gets so interesting. I don't know what to make of this roster because it's the Giants and the Giants win regular season games. But there's also like not a lot of top end talent. I, I mean, I, I like Michael Conforto, Mitch Hanniger, and Jock Peterson in the outfield. I do. Uh, but like I don't see a I don't necessarily see an all-star there, you know, and, and I look at the rotation, you have Logan Webb, but not a lot of high upside beyond that. You know, their over under is at 80 in the article I took over, and the more I'm thinking about it, I think I'd probably in the under there. I think that they're gonna be uh, uh, just, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll hang around maybe in the first half, but then they might sell out at the deadline too. I have a lot of guys that could be sold at the deadline on this team. Peterson, Conforto, Hanner, all these guys could be sold as they look to next off season, making a push at Shohei Otani and trying to like completely rebuild it all. That's what I wanted to talk about because I don't think they sell because I think they want to be that destination for a Machado for a, Otani 
potentially for a Juan Soto in a couple of years too. So I don't think they're going to sell even if they have a tough go about it. And I don't think they're going to have a tough go about it also because you say Logan Webb at the top of the rotation is really the only guy you can count on. I think you can count on Alex Cobb. He had some un he was one of the more unlucky pitchers in all of baseball last year. Ground ball guy gets his strikeouts, limits the walks, and if the Giants can get anything out of a guy like Sean Manaya, like with Stripling there too, who had yeah. a great year last year for the Blue Jays. And Alex Wood is one of the best five starters in baseball. So while it's not a top-heavy rotation, there's not a lot of losses you see in there, especially because they have Anthony Descalfani and they have a really good bullpen. So you look at the lineup and say, who's going to bang for them? And I say, who's going to be bad for them? Because you could say David VR, the third baseman, who I don't really like. But Lamont Wade can hit. Conforto can hit. Peterson can hit. Haniger can hit. Estrada and Yastrzemski can hit. So there's a lot of guys where there's not a lot of jumping out at you, but there's not a lot of holes either. Like there's not a lot of guys who I say, well, that's an 0 for 4. That player is going to be garbage in a couple of months. Like there's a lot of guys where I don't see a ton of upside, but I see 82 wins. So I would lean over if I'm being perfectly honest with you. The one caveat is the selling. What are they going to do? But the fact that I've heard them connected with these guys in next year's free agency, they were in on Judge, they were in on Correa. That's what a lot of people are 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 limiting the Giants' potential. When in reality, I think they're going to be better than a lot of people think. They're not going to be a playoff team, but they could be in the 80, low 80s win totals, and I wouldn't be surprised at all. And they even have the potential to be an 85-win team. I would look towards the over. I think this is a team that a lot of people are sleeping on because they missed on the big fish. And everyone's like, okay, well, now the season's a wash. I don't think this season is a wash. For one, you completely slighted my man, Wilmer Flores. I mean, come on. How could you forget, Flo? Uh, But also, I I think that, you know... (laughs) The, when it comes to, to selling, as far as Shohei Otani and these free agents are concerned, I, I do think that we got to remember Corey Seager signed with the Rangers. Like, if the biggest thing is going to be giving Shohei Otani $550 million. And if they're willing to do that, I think if they were to explain to him, we sold off pieces that weren't here for the long term. So we had a better farm system to build around a player like you. I think he'd be okay with it. And honestly, uh, I think looking at this next team, I just, I mean, maybe the Diamondbacks aren't going to win more games, but I'm certainly going to be watching way more Diamondbacks baseball than Giants baseball this year. This team is so fun with Corbin Carroll. With, I mean, they're outfield. Cor- Corbin Carroll, Alec Thomas, Jake McCarthy. And then to look at their infield today and be like, I mean, I don't hate Cattel Marte, Christian Walker, Nick Ahmed, and Evan Longoria. Like, I don't hate that at all. Josh Rojas. Don't forget about him. Ultimate Swiss Army knife. Great with the glove. I totally agree. I love this Diamondbacks team. One of my favorite overs. Like, that's where I think the West ends up winning more games. Because on the back end, they pick up more games. And if the Phillies don't win 95 games, which I don't think they will, I think the West wins it out. Because I think the Diamondbacks could be close to 80 wins. I think the Giants actually finish third and win 82 games. And then we're going to talk about the Rockies in a minute. But just to go back to the Diamondbacks real quick to kind of wrap it up, they got a good rotation. I mean, Gallon and Kelly, like that's a good duo. Kelly's not the sexiest pitcher, but if he's a middling threes guy because he throws strikes and he knows how to pitch, 
that's a good guy in your rotation. Bumgarner's listed as a three. He won't be the three because they have Dre Jameson. They have Ryan Nelson. They have they have uh, Brandon Fott, who Arm loves. So they have three really good young pitchers. And then Davies just like turns in good years. And you don't know how because he doesn't have overpowering stuff. But I think also the addition of Chafin too. this bullpen was a real issue. But now with a three of Chafin, Mantiply, and Melanson, and then you throw in guys like you and I both know Miguel Castro very well as a Yankees and a Mets fan. They could have a pretty good team. This is where then now I feel I I win the argument taking the NL West because there just seems to be much more excitement at the bottom than there is in the NL East. I, I think so. Basically, the way I look at it, I, I thought it was funny. I didn't make a note of it directly in the article, but I did note it in, when I was doing this where it's like, you have the Marlins as the fourth team in the NL East, Arm's team, and then you have the team he's going to want to watch in the Diamondbacks. Like, which team is Arm Layton going to like more, the Diamondbacks or his own Marlins? Because Diamondbacks. It's it's loaded with these. T- like, who doesn't want to watch Corbin Carroll play baseball? He's going to be one of the most exciting players to watch this year. Uh, I think everyone's ex- curious to see what Moreno does behind the dish. So, yeah, I like them a lot. Where I will push back, though, is I think the Rockies could be as bad as the nationals. I don't see anything here. If Chris Bryant's not healthy, I mean, I know you got CJ Crone. I know you got Rogers. I know there's, there's some decent players, but other than just games get weird at cores, which I guess is the argument that you're going to give me here, that they're just going to find a way to have a good home record. And that's going to carry them. I don't see them winning over 66 games. I don't know. I think that this could be a pretty bad team. Yeah, it doesn't look good. Uh, but what I will say is I will fight for these Rockies, even though I hate them. And I hate them because I hate their ownership and I hate that they don't provide their fans um, a product that wins ball games. And I hate that they try to pose as if they are trying when they're clearly not. But what I will say is when I look at this roster, I see a Chris Bryant who barely played last year, who when healthy is still one of the better players in the national league and especially in Colorado. If he stays healthy, I think he could go nuclear. Ryan McMahon is a good defender and he still hits. Crone is going to give you 30 and a hundred. I think Blackman being in a full DH role will help him at least at the plate. And Ezekiel Tovar could win rookie of the year. We talk about Corbin Carroll. We talk about a lot of these guys in the national league, but Tovar is a guy who's going to get everyday reps and he's already got the glove. It's just, if he hits and he's gets to hit at Coors field and is Herman Marquez going to be worse than he was last year. I would venture to say that he's a little bit better. I think Kyle Freeland can be even better. Arania is going to be terrible. Austin Gomber is not good, but he's not. That's that's where I go here. I mean, look yeah, at that I mean, rotation. It's hard to make a it's hard to make a really good um argument about the rotation outside of Marquez so and Freeland. Weak. But the bullpen isn't bad. Bard, Pierce Johnson, Lamette, that's not too bad. Like it's not good, but it's better than the Marlins top three in their bullpen. I think it's I, much better than the Nationals. Like I wouldn't be surprised. I swear to you, I would not be surprised if the Rockies win more games than the Marlins. And I'm saying that right now. I think that the Rockies could win 68 to 70 games and the Marlins win 70 to 71. So that would technically put the Rockies a little bit lower. And I I do think that they win less games, but I think it's going to be rather close because the Rockies, they play weird games and cores. I hate to bring it to that, but it's a fact. You look at, they've had worse rosters than this and they've won as many games. It's almost like I bet on the over Rockies last year at 68 and a half. I think they won what, 68? Yeah. 
they're probably going to do it again because it's not like the roster is worse than it was last year and they get Chris Bryant back and you put Tovar in the equation. And this year it's at 66. So that that if you took the over this year, it would hit. All right, well, that that's that's all our teams. And then the recap here, last year, record of National League East teams, 413 and 397. Projected wins, if you combine all the over-under win totals, is 413. On the NL West side, last year record was 423 and 387. The projected over-under win totals has them at 411 and a half. So it has the East a slight, slight favorite. But I will say that the NL West has won more games every single year since 2019. What happened that year? The Marlins were a 500 team. The Mets won like 85, 86. I can't even remember on the Mets. Actually, it might have even been 87. And then you had the two playoff teams. You had the Nationals and you had the Braves. So I think from the NL East side, I don't know if the Marlins need to be a 500 team, but they have to win 75 for my prediction to come come true here, which I think is possible. I really do. I think the Phillies got to win over 90, and then you probably need 210 wins between the Mets and the Braves. And I think all of that is possible, but then I need my Nationals to win the 55 again. Can the Nationals get me 55 games? I don't know. I don't know how confident you know I feel. You know what? It's funny. I think the most likely scenario is that the Nationals do give you those 55 wins, but the Phillies don't win 90, the Marlins don't win 75, and the Mets and the Braves combine for 206, which would be amazing. Are you kidding me? They both win 103 or whatever combination that is, a 106 and 100 or whatever you want to do. But you're probably going to get that from the Padres and Dodgers. You're probably going to get close to 80 win seasons for the Braves and the Diamondbacks, and the Rockies might win 70. The Giants I, I'm the going with the West. I'm going with the West, baby. Yeah, I I think it's it'll be interesting to see what the fans have to say on this one. I'm sure we can put some polls up and everything on our socials and try to see what other people think on this one because I don't know if we came to a resolution here. But you can't post it on your Twitter because you know which fans follow you, and they're oh, going to yeah. vote you. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. No, we'll go from the Just Baseball account uh, and see, see exactly who wins this. Ultimately, though, I think the bottom line from doing all of this the best baseball in the National League is coming from these two divisions this year. You know, I, I just watched a very uh, sad video of Corbin Burns on Twitter about how, uh, you know, he's devastated about what happened their arbitration. I could see the Brewers tanking and the Cardinals, again, just like being the de facto winner. I think the Central is going to be bad. The NL West, the NL East, it's going to be thrilling stuff to watch this season. Uh, and we'll see by the end of the year who wins this this double or nothing bet. You got no no sweat on your back, you know. It's just you you already have the easy win last year because I was dumb enough to bet on the Marlins over the Phillies, <laughs> and we'll see if uh, the Marlins can can get it back for me by winning seventy five this year. We'll see. I highly doubt it, but we'll see. Anything can happen, and that's why we love baseball. That's right. Make sure you follow, rate, and review wherever you get your podcast. You subscribe on YouTube. Check out all of the great writing we have over at JustBaseball.com.